If you have your Bible, I invite you to open it up or go to your app. Pastor John is, uh, Jonathan is snow skiing right now with my grandkids. And so he invited me to come and uh, speak in this service tonight. The series where we've been in in the Wednesday services is relationship goals. Do you have goals for your relationship? Now, I'm not saying, do you have you a goal? I know all of you have a goal for the person you're married to, you know. Yeah. Do you have a relationship goal? We're talking about relationship goals. But tonight, I want to address the subject of changing seasons and second chances. Changing seasons in relationships and second chances. Some of us, the seasons have changed in our relationships. Yeah, yeah. It, it used, used to be in one season, now you're in another season. Seasons have changed. Some of us have gone through a challenge. Some of us have gone through some conflict. Some of us are still recovering from that conflict. And you're needing a second chance. I want to talk about setting goals and changing seasons and finding second chances now just a moment as i as i call out this these are relationships and if you find yourself in one of these categories i want you to raise your hand but hold keep your hand just keep your hand up for a moment when i when i call out these categories and let's just see how we fall into different categories here okay first off all of our singles if you're single you raise your hand okay yeah Okay, all the other singles. This is a good time to shop around right now, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just get that phone out. No, no. Okay, just nah. hold your hand up. Just keep your hand up. Let's see how the hands go. Get, yeah, come on, singles, come on. Raise up. Okay, unattached adults. Maybe you didn't find yourself in the single unattached adult. Let's go further. How about engaged? Are the hands going up? Just keep. Singles, keep your hands up. Just keep all your hands up, okay? We'll see how, many, how we fill it. Now we're adding uh, engage. How about newlyweds? Do we have any newlyweds? New, newly, right, right here, some newlyweds. Yes. Keep all your hands up. Yeah. Yes. Okay. How about married, married five years or under? Five years or under, okay? How about five to 20 years? Put your hands up, okay? Married over 20 years. Now put your hands up, okay? Okay. Now put them all down. I'm not talking to any of those people. <laughs> yes. Well, who are you talking to? I'm talking to empty nesters. Yeah. That's a change in season. I'm talking to divorced. The divorcee. Yeah, the blended family, they're, they're either experiencing or trying to experience a second chance. The blended family, sometimes the blended family doesn't blend very well. Yes, there are unique challenges in a blended family. There are some who are in the season of adoption. That's new. Others are in a joint custody situation. In particular, these are the areas, these are the areas where the seasons change, 
Sometimes you need a second chance. Now, if you're not in that category, every one of us in here knows somebody in our immediate family that is in that category, needing a changing season or a second chance. I ask you the question, what's the best, what's the best show that, or movie that would depict your family dynamic? Jeopardy, hmm? survival, how about flip-flop, Nijin warriors, family feud, almost family, or how about the revenge of the Sith, maybe that's you, huh? <laughs> yeah, someone said families, families are like fudge. Mostly sweet, and they have a few nuts. Well, that's probably true <laughs> of, of, all, of, of all of our families. Let me just say going into it, there's a good portion of, of persons in here. You, you're either a divorced, divorcee, blended family, or you know someone that is. Divorce doesn't end family but it changes the organization of family. It reorganizes the family. And I want to take us to first, excuse me, to the book of Colossians chapter number 3. We're going to read verses 12 through 14, just a few verses. And in the verses, uh, in verse number 12, we're going to see five, we're going to see five insights, five principles, five elements, five elements of a, of a healthy family ecosystem. If you want to have a healthy family ecosystem, these are what you need to have. Let's begin reading at verse number 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, he's speaking to God's people, he's speaking to us, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves. Now, he's using a metaphor here. Clothe yourself. He's going to tell us what to clothe ourselves with. But I wonder if the Apostle Paul at some time, he was watching somebody dress. Almost makes you think, they, and, and their dress attire was different from our dress attire. We have a lot of aspects of our dress attire that are just fashion. This was not a fashion moment at that time. Everything was functional, not fashion. And they would put on different things, and, they, and, and it had a function. And I'm almost wondering if he was watching somebody dress. Maybe, maybe there was a certain kind of weather or, or certain kind of travel or, or certain kind of duty they were involved in, and therefore they were dressing appropriately for that. And he uses that metaphor, clothe yourselves. He's telling us how to clothe ourselves. But here it is, five things. With compassion, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. Now verse 13, he's going to break down patience and he's going to tell you what patience is. Patience is bear with each other and forgive one another if you have any, if any one of you has a grievance against someone. Let's go on. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Three times, three times the word forgive is found in verse number 13. Let's go on, verse number 14. And over all of these, okay, you've clothed yourself. He's, he's using that metaphor again. Then over all of these, 
That was a, like an overcoat, a tunic, like a, an overgarment over everything else. And over all of these, the virtue put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So for just a few moments, let's just focus in on, if you're in a moment where seasons have changed, perhaps you're widowed, widower, perhaps there's in a remarriage, in a blended family, Perhaps there's that dynamic of children and stepchildren. Perhaps you're, you're, you're in one of those moments, empty nester. The seasons have changed. Or there's, there's a need for a second chance. What do you need to do? Number one, he says, compassion. And with each of these words, these five words, I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote somebody that I, I think that can uh, give us a little bit of further understanding. I've got a Yoda quote for every one of these. Can I add that to it too? Okay. I'm going to add a Yoda quote. Compassion. It was Yoda said. He said, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. And here's, here's what compassion does. The Bible tells us compassion releases from us anxiety, anger, frustration. He said the first thing he said you've got to put on is compassion. The word here in the original language for compassion has the idea of your inward part. It's not just something you can say. It's not just being, just being considerate for a moment. But it must come from the very depth of your being, your inner parts. You know, that, that, that churning inside of you. It, it's, it's the idea of empathy. The empathy that, that if they're hurting, you're hurting with them. You're struggling with them. That they, they sense your heart pulling at the same load. He's saying if, you, if, if, if we as believers, if we're going to succeed... We've got to put on the garment, this garment of, of compassion. And I want, I want to encourage every one of us, we put on compassion. People can tell you they love you, but love needs to have a demonstration of compassion. Compassion is an act. We, we, can, we can use the word love. But compassion has the idea of a verb. It takes action. It's doing something. It's feeling. It's moved. It's, it's churning on the inside. And I've noticed in, in life, in pastoring people, it's easy for people to fall in love. But it's harder to stay in love. Yes. Do you know infatuation? This will help all of our young adults and singles and and. and and those in that, that stage that uh, maybe even newly, excuse me, uh, dating relationship. Do you know infatu infatuation will last about 18 months? For 18 months, you're going to think they're wonderful. For 18 months, they're great. For 18 months, you're excited. For 18 months, they will, they will mean the world to you. But in about 18 months... You start noticing things. They start annoying you and bugging you. 
Yes. And here's the mistake. If you move in quickly with them in that first 18-month period of time, say, well, let's just start living together. It will be great, and then pretty soon they're going to just bug you forever. Because why? You haven't moved out of the infatuation stage, and you can't build a lasting relationship upon infatuation. Yes. Compassion. Compassion is not based upon infatuation. Compassion, compassion works and compassion is expressed even when you don't feel compassionate. You are compassionate towards them. Blended families. Let me share with you a reality that you know too well. That it's one thing to be a couple, it's another thing to be a family. And and. He and her, he and her, discover each other. Blended family come together, and his kids or her kids, and they come together. It's one thing to become a couple. It's another thing to become a family. And if I was to give you any advice, if you want to create the family experience, nothing will accelerate it more than just showing compassion. Showing compassion. Allow me to give blended family some advice. Do not argue with your spouse in front of his or her kids. When when that stepdad or stepmom is expressing anger, and frustration to the children's father or mother. That weighs heavier in their heart than it would in most situations. Their heart will always take the side of their parent, their birth parent, their mother or their father. And you are driving a wedge between you and those stepchildren. Granted, disagreements come. But step-parents, blended families, you need to guard where you have conversations more so than any other family. Compassion. Compassion. That when, when the children see you compassionate towards their mom or their dad, they will naturally begin to warm up towards you. Compassion. Number two, kindness. Kindness. It was Yoda that says, war, not make one great. That's true. War will not make you great. Kindness does. Being nice isn't just a personality trait. It's a decision. It's a decision. Put kindness in the home. Kindness in your talk. Kindness in your speech. Kindness creates openness. Kindness creates an atmosphere. Kindness kindness opens up for, for children, kids, the family. Hear that, step-parent? For his or her children to be honest and for, th- for them to open up towards you. Kindness 
will take you a long way down the road. May I say something? I want to just be candid. Blended families. Do not discipline the children for lying if they do so to avert your anger in the home. And I've, I've seen step-parents come to me. Her kids lie to us. His kids lie to us. And then I talk to the kids and I realize what happened. It's their coping me mechanism to deal with the anger and the hostility in the home. Don't discipline those kids if they lie to you. If, if telling the truth would uncork your anger. I need to make it safe in the home for kids to tell the truth, even if the truth is not something I want to hear. If we want our kids not to lie, then we, make, we need to make it safe for them to tell the truth. Nothing takes us further down that road than kindness. Let's go on. The third is humility. Humility. It was Yoda said, many truths that we cling to depend on the point of view. Yes, they do. Uh, if we have to tell, I tell you what, we always lose ground. If you have to tell the kids that you're the, you're the boss of the home, I, I, I pay the bills. If, if we have to remind the kids that we're the one paying the bills and we have to say so in the matter, we're losing ground. And sometimes the way you gain ground is you just back up a little bit. Always avoid, avoid the tug of war in the home. You don't ever want to, you don't want sides. You don't want sides. Let me tell you, blended families, those kids will always take the side of their birth parent. They will always do. Don't ask them to, don't ask them to choose sides. Don't put them in a tug of war situation. I encourage families all the time, speak to, speak to each other, not at or down at each other. Speak to them, but don't talk down to them or talk at them. When you're talking at somebody, you're really not communicating. You're scolding or you're giving a piece of your mind. And when you're talking down to them, you're not giving them permission to, to give their opinion. And we can use language that's a talk-down language. Listen, you dummy, listen, you're you lazy, you can. And we begin to describe to them or ascribe on them something that they don't, they're not going to receive. Sometimes, sometimes just backing up with humility. I've, I've had parents come in. And, and say before, here, I need you to talk to my son. Straighten him out. Wow, is that not a good conversation to start off with a 16-year-old? Yeah. I was walking down the hallway the other day, and I was, oh, probably 30, 40 feet around, and there's kids just playing, kids just, just kids being kids. And I heard the mother say, you better be good or here comes pastor, he'll get you. I heard that. I heard that. I walked up and I said, I want you to know, pastor's not going to get you. You play all you want. 
Okay, I'm not going to be the sheriff here. I'm, I'm going to be the fun guy. And sometimes just taking a step back. You know, our, our kids, our kids, our family members need to hear us say, I love you, but you know what they need to also hear us say? I'm sorry I was wrong. That's powerful. That, that, that's powerful to do. Because the moment I teach them as a parent, a parent, I teach kids and say, I'm sorry I was wrong. It brings grace. It brings grace into the relationship. You know, where, where kids, uh, children learn the concept of repentance? Do you know where the concept of repentance is? is learned, it begins in the high chair. Studies have been done on this. It's in the high chair. The kids are in the high chair, and you put things in front of them, and they take the spoon, and they drop it, or they set the toys up in the blocks, and they take their hand, and they hit it and knock it down. And when you say, uh-oh, that's all right. Do you know what they've learned? You can knock something over, and it can be put back together again. And that's where the concept of repentance is first instilled in the nature of kids. It's in the small things, and we don't get upset. and We say, it's all right. It's not the end of the world. It conveys a redemptive heart, and we want to do that. And I want to encourage you, maybe your stuck point in the relationship maybe it's just taking a step back and just just allowing some humility some humility could just warm thaw out things and make it different well i'm at three of five and my time is up so let me wrap up here can i do it I want to share with you farmers, farmers when they plant. And many of you have gardened before. I've had a garden before. Denise had, has had a garden before. But they do something with gardening. They prepare the soil. And if they're, for example, they're planting corn, when they dig a hole, they don't put one kernel of corn in the hole they put several all along the way because they know not every seed of corn will itself flourish. You overseed. You will always plant more seed than you will get crops. And in order to get a good harvest, you, over, oh, you always over sow on seed. It's a pretty good insight. Pretty good insight. You need to always give more into them than, you ex than you're expecting. Because not everything will just, because you said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry once, will resolve the conflict. Not just one time. You can't spend 
one Saturday afternoon a quarter with that son or daughter and they feel like you're taking time for them. You'll spend lots of time. You'll give them lots of time. You do a lot of listening to create the reputation of I can talk to you about anything. Yes. You'll do a lot. You'll sow in a lot. But it will come to pass. It will come to pass. And some of us, blended families and step parents in the room, you said, I tried it and it didn't work. Let me change that. You tried it but you didn't do it enough. You didn't do it enough. You'll do it, you'll do it a lot to get the harvest that you want out of it. And you have done some good things. What I want to admonish us in is just to increase that goodness and continue it and watch God give the increase. Your season's changing, or maybe it's a second chance that you need. And God says, there's a compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. Wish I had time to get into patience. Patience. Mm. Would you stand together with me? Let's pray. Father, I, I pray for families that are in seasons and moments and many are needing a second chance. And I pray that your word will be seed in their heart and encourage them. Some forgave, but it was a mild form of forgiveness and it only feels like it was slightly dismissed, but the other family members feel like there's still a grievance and an offense that's carried because they get reminded of it frequently. I pray a level of forgiveness to come into the home that heals the offenses. I believe, God, there are people here that are doing the right thing. They're just not planting enough seed in it, and I encourage them. And I affirm them, plant more seed. I affirm them, God, to just not be weary in the good thing they're doing. I speak over their life. I speak over their family. I speak, God, and call them into a new season. Out of a season of distrust. Out of a season of conflict. And into a season reconciliation and happiness I pray that in the name of Jesus Amen Amen God bless you, you're dismissed <laughs>